tonight, we're taking your questions and talking about kink. Welcome to BSing with Barak and Sheba on the Erotic Awakening Podcast. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. If you are offended by this type of content or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. So, Beric, what are we talking about tonight? I well, saw that we had some pretty good questions. We do, we do. We have a, some great questions. And I think, um, I think we'll start out with a poly question. This is something that that's been that's been uh, running around the net, and it came up on the uh, AIS uh, FetLife website, AIS FetLife group, and um, it's something that I wanted to address, and I was going to address it on the on the web, but I thought, you know, why not address it here? Why not address the BS right here? Exactly, we can just <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> so uh, the question was uh, from a gentleman uh, who is on the AIS group. He states, how many of you truly feel that poly works for you and haven't had a lot of particularly devastating losses or other negative consequences due to your poly relationships? And he puts down uh, later. And what I mean by that specifically, bad breakups which might not have occurred if poly wasn't part of the equation or your problems might have been otherwise worked out. Hmm. Good question. It is. It's a very good question. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, it had, so being that we, you and I have been poly since the outset of our relationship, mm-hmm. um, like 11 or 12 years ago. Um, 12, right? Uh, 11? I, I don't know. 11. Is it? I think. Was it? I don't know. Could it have been? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, the only reason we know we have anniversaries is because my parents never forget the fuckers and we always get a card from them. <laughs> and that's how we know it's time to celebrate. <laughs> True. But we, we started out our, our relationship as Polly, and I've been Polly both in the dark and in the light now for, uh, for most of my dating adult life. And I think that uh, we could start out with a little history of where our Polly came from and then, and then lead back into this question. It came from the deep, dark recesses of Beric's mind because I had never heard of Polly until I met him. And, and what had happened uh, in, in my lifestyle, in my lifetime, was uh, I was with a vanilla woman, and I had been with uh, a couple of vanilla women prior to that. And what ended up happening was I was always attracted to, the, uh, to other women. And I would, I would look, and I would cheat, and I would do things that were, were of negative consequence. And um, eventually I realized that you know monogamy just wasn't really for me. And so as I began uh, forming uh, future relationships, I became very honest with them. I said, look, I love you very deeply. I'm very interested in staying with you. However, um, there are other parts of what you don't have for me that I'm interested in getting elsewhere. It's like uh, I I always give the uh, mid-chocolate chip analogy. Ah, Oh, yeah, food food. analogy. Back to to food. (laughs) And what I say is, you know, I mean, personally, I love mint chocolate chip. Love it, love it, love it. And every time we go out, I will will most often at least taste it just to make sure I still have that love for it. But in order to have a true appreciation for the mint chocolate chip that I eat on a regular basis. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) I like to try something else. I like a little Rocky Road now and then because it gives an offset to the flavor that I'm used to. Or perhaps some butter pecan. I want to know who's listening right now that thinks they're Rocky Road or thinks they're butter pecan. <laughs> I can tell you one of them. I can tell you one of them. Anyway, the thing about it is I, I like to offset the flavors. I like to mix it up in my life. And there are, there are now, other aspects. do they know aspects. what flavor they are? No. 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 I, but I'm sure one can guess. I'm sure one can guess. 
And there's also the piece of it is, for instance, you and I have a 50-50 relationship. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are equal partners in this relationship. And so that satisfies my need to have a, a, a trustworthy, honest um, relationship that is 50-50. That, that has no power dynamic. Right, no power dynamic at all. And then, you know, there is, there is having a girlfriend, which is, which is also fun. We, we share, she and I share all kinds of things. We share little, you know, little, little newbie things that are not necessarily, um, that, that, that she and I would, would consider silly or, or wouldn't include in our relationship. And then, and then I have a dynamic that I'm interested in exploring, which is master-slave dynamic. And so, obviously... You know, she was not going to be my slave. We tried that. And Never. That failed within, Miserably. within about a, a, a <laughs> 10 minutes of its onset. You want me to what? <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm not going to do... You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> so so essentially, we, we found... And, and you do the same thing with, with, your, with your dominant. I do. I, I have a dominant that I've been with now for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and... and that's a power dynamic relationship, of course, um, that I get that I don't get from you. Mm-hmm. So that feeds me in that way. But I also have um, power dynamics on the other side. I have a pet. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a pony. Yep. Um, I'm in the process of, of working things out with, with a pool boy. I don't know where that's going. We'll see. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, back to the question. So, so that's where our poly comes from. Our poly comes... and. And understand that that our agreements are not only um, clear and apparent to both of us because we revise them once yearly and we go through our agreements to make sure that they're still working for us, but they're also out there for everybody to see. You know, if you go to our personal website at um, panpolybdsm.com, P-A-N-P-O-L-Y-B-D-S-M.com, you'll see, it'll say read our agreements and you click on that and it'll tell you exactly what our agreements are. And so we have those out there and there's no doubt um, about crossing the line. If, if, if there's a, if there's any question, it's right there in writing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we, we've over the course of our relationship developed a really good, honest way of being with one another. But it took some time. Oh yeah. It definitely. I mean, cause at first I was coming at it from a place of what are you talking about? What the hell is Polly? All I knew was I I was definitely a serial dater. Like, I would date several guys at the same time, and they did not know about each other. Some of them were just the the after-the-bar things. And and when I met you, it was a, oh, I'm just going to have sex with this really hot biker. You know, and and that was was pretty much it. (laughs) And, um, And then you, you know, said, oh, well, this is possible, you know, that you could still, you know, have this relationship with me, but continue to have relationships with others, um, which intrigued me. Um, but at first, um, you know, it's easier said than done. You know, I mean, it takes a lot of getting used to sharing, not just with one person, but with more than one person. Um, especially for someone like me, I'm very reserved about sharing, uh, my feelings and sharing any type of intimacy um, with anyone. So, um, for me to be able to open up to Barrick and then open up to other people was, was a, yeah, was a long and arduous process. Probably for the first two, three years, we hit a lot of bumps in the road and, and it was a really rocky path, but it was, I mean, we were both dedicated to, to trying it and making it work. Um, and finally, um, I hit a smooth pattern 
and I figured it out because um, someone had said something at one of the poly meetings about your kink does, or your um, poly does not need to be what his poly is. And so um, I realized that, yes, we have these agreements together, um, but I could do it in my own way. Even though I'm in relationship and in a poly relationship um, that is a primary with Barrick, um, he does his poly a lot different than I do. I sometimes jokingly refer to it. <laughs> we won't say that on the air because he's shaking his head. <laughs> Slash and burn poly. (laughs) Well, you you call it slash and burn poly because it it, it is true. It is true. Um, What I do is I I do an interview stage, which is kind of akin to a dating stage. And it's very short term. It's a lot of short term because I, I, the the, the, uh, people I like to end up with, uh, I have some. I, I hate to say this, but I have a little bit of a high standard. I like to make sure that they're intelligent. I wouldn't say that you hate to say that. I think that's a good thing. I think everyone should have. I have, standards. I do. I have a high standard. They have to be intelligent. They have to be able to maintain a conversation. They have to be honest about who they are and what they want mm-hmm. with me. And um, and they can't uh, they can't operate and treat you like the pickle. Yeah. Another food analogy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there, people will tell you. So so there's a lot of different things within the poly that we that we do, and. Uh, we see the 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 preface to this particular question is there's a lot of um, there have been some breakups in the in the in the community as of late and this this uh, this gentleman uh, I think was one of those and a lot of times the question comes from uh, bad breakups that might not have occurred if Polly wasn't part of the equation and your problems may have been otherwise worked out. I think the breakups that I've had. Since meeting you, I would have had anyway, mm-hmm. um, whether or not I was in a poly relationship, because sometimes things just don't work out for whatever reason with the person that that you're with. You know, I mean, you grow apart, or there's something in the initial interviewing, you know, of a person that's a possible partner that just you know sets off your alarm bells, and you know that you just can't go there. Mm-hmm. Well, and people don't realize. A lot of times, poly, poly and, and kink are very similar in the way that the negotiation factor of it is so high. You have to have a level of communication that's beyond, uh, or at least in my opinion, that, that goes beyond the norm. Right? You can't just assume with poly partners. You have to make sure that you're clearly stating your intent, you're clearly stating your, your desires, your needs, wants, and desires with them, and you're sharing with all of the partners or, or whether they're all or they're just two. You have to make sure that you're honest with yourself first and them second to create that type of, of exchange when you communicate. And it, it, I, it's it's there's so many people who like in this in this gentleman's post he talked about about um, about people going through other people you know constantly dating 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 and stating stating that it was Polly and to be the truth you know the truth is people don't really realize people don't truly realize that you know the grass is not greener over there it's the same green or or it may be greener and the reason it's greener over there is because you don't take the time to replant to 
to water your own lawn, to make sure it's cared for and mowed and reseeded and and debugged and deloused and de- whatever, <laughs> you know, and all the things. You have to take care of it. You have to take care of your primary relationship. It takes work in any relationship, whether it's monogamous or polyamorous. It takes work to maintain those. And if, if you're too busy looking at the other side of the fence and what's over there to maintain a good, solid foundation and a regular rejuvenation of your current relationship, then what's going to happen is it doesn't matter how, 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 how often you come back and, and you know, tweak a, a boob or, or you know, say I love you if you're not doing the work. And eventually, it's going to cause resentment, it's going to cause uh, jealousy, it's going to cause aggravation, anxiety, and the, the death of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So to, to answer the question... Yeah, I was going to say, get back to yeah, it. Get back, getting back to the question, um, most of the losses that I've had had nothing to do with the poly. Most of the, the breakups that I've had really don't have anything to do with the poly. More often than not... The breakups that I've had come from either um, dishonesty or behaviors that were manipulative or um, attempts at damaging my primary relationship. And while that is a specifically poly factor, damaging my primary relationship, it has, it has to do more with um, the person not accepting the poly. Mm-hmm. Or respecting the boundaries that mm-hmm. have been set. Right. And those boundaries could have been, could have been you know, don't kick my dog. Or, you know, don't hate my wife. So it doesn't... Don't hate me. <laughs> I was going to say because I'm beautiful, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, sweetie. So. Oh, thank you. I was fishing for a compliment. See, it works like that. <laughs> <laughs> so so that I, hope that, I hope that takes a better look at that question from our point of view. Polly in itself is, you know, you're going to run into jealousy. You're going to run into issues. You're going to run into whatever. And what it takes is being um, being transparent in your conversation and your communication mm-hmm. and really being able to speak the unspeakable, mm-hmm. being able to speak how you're feeling and the other person not judging the person for that, not judging the, 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 the poly player for that. Because if if you start creating situations of judgment and comparison and 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 all sorts of negative type of um, emotions and, and, and things in your relationship, it's going to destruct anyway, regardless of, of, of how many lovers or how little lovers you have. Mm-hmm. And we just, uh, we just actually did a class on this for the floating world out in New Jersey. Um, and we're going to be, are we doing this again when we go to San Francisco? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they've, they've okay. talked about. Um, but yeah, um, it's one of our favorite classes to do is to, to talk about our poly and our kink and how we combine those two. Um, let's see. Where, where else have, you know? Well, we did. Well, if we want to talk about where we've been. Well, we might as well since I just went ahead and, and plugged exactly. that we were at the Floating World. And, and let me tell you, Floating World was huge. huge. Just, just huge. Unbelievably if, if, huge. Right. <laughs> There's no way you could, you could say hi to everyone that was there. It was huge. <laughs> and so if you, you we did uh, we did uh, drive by doming we did uh, um, the quick and dirty of polyamory mm-hmm. and we did um, the art of negotiation mm-hmm. had a great time one of the things I love talking about during our negotiation classes is, is something that we're, we're revising is negotiation on the fly right traditionally we talk about doing negotiation outside of your um, their roles, but sometimes it's really great to to just kind of like start the negotiation while you're playing, 
and without taking the person all the way there, but kind of as you're talking, bring it, bring in the negotiation. So mm-hmm. anyway, so that was great. And oh no, and and we were also at the, that that amazing uh, AIS event uh, a week and a half ago <laughs> up at the Princeton Club. Yes. Ugh. Champagne run. The champ. <gasps> and Lee. Yeah, Lee Harrington for the rope intensive. If you missed that, you missed a fantastic time. It was really... You know, Lee is, is really an incredible presenter with that whole alligator that goes into the cave <laughs> <laughs> underneath the river grabs the mongoose and he eviscerates it. <laughs> <laughs> I am never going to fucking forget that. <laughs> Can't get it out of my head. <laughs> well, and the, and, the, and the really cool thing about that was... I remember sitting toward the back of the class and actually watching you because you're you're not really great with rope. I, I don't really yeah. Yeah, and I, I looked up and uh, and then there you were all you know all up in a harness and there were this and that that you had done yourself and it was really you know from going from zero. Mm-hmm. You I, wear little bottoms because now I can tie you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have to use chain anymore. <laughs> well, and you got that pink rope and all. I do. <laughs> it's the champagne room party was fantastic. I I love that little. Uh, that little, uh, the, the horse scene that you did, the the, uh, the pony play scene that you did, that was really hot. Yeah, that was it really was, hot. And, and the, the hottest part about it was the outfit. <laughs> it was totally the outfit. <laughs> and I'm not one for clothing. I know you're It just... was the authentic English riding habit, and it was fucking hot. <laughs> totally. Totally. You're walking around that with those. With, those, with, with the those, crop in hand. With the crop in hand and those choppers and the, and the, the white. The, that tight white shirt with the high collar and that that helmet thing and the, <laughs> the riding crop and the shiny shoes and all that stuff. Oh, my God. That was so fucking hot. Yes, that was. Because those pants really accentuate your hips. Did they? <laughs> Holy God. I, wonder. <laughs> I promise I'll wear them again. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. So that's where that's where we've been over the past couple weeks. And um, we got a lot of things that we're going to be doing, but... Let's let's hit up a question. Let's hit up a question first. Oh, okay. You want to well, let's talk about somebody who has questions about events, since we just talked a little bit about some events. Okay. Okay. Um, so, is this Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous? Uh, it was a Mr. Actually. <laughs> I'm relatively new to the kink world, and I'm very interested in attending local events. However, I'm a little hesitant to do so. My main concern is about being outed. So here's my question. What happens if I run into someone I know at a munch, a meet and greet, party, or event? Has this happened to you? And if so, what were the ramifications? How did you handle it? And I can tell you that I actually, there's someone on our staff who I met probably when I was 20 or 21. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and when this person started coming to events, yeah, I was a little freaked out because we worked together when I was younger. And I had no idea that this person was just as kinky as I was. But it was, it was, um, it was all good because it was, it was mutually assured destruction, you know, because, you know, we were both at the same freaking party. We were both there in our little naughty bits hanging out, you know, and yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And I, since right, and since then, now you know this person is staff, and and we play together all the time. <laughs> and outing and outing and privacy is something that's, that that we talk about a lot, and it's also you know, it comes from a couple different places. Of, for instance, 
we had this one we had this one uh, little thing of outing which was which was kind of amusing where uh, Sheba and I were at a were at a diner one time and you know the local diner here and um the people behind us were had just come from a meeting and and they didn't know us and we had seen them but they 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 probably didn't see us we sat at the back of the class and we left a little early cuz we wanted to get some lunch and they came to um sitting there and they were talking about this great scene that they had seen they they had witnessed at at an event and they were talking about oh this you know beautiful girl and how she was so sexy and blah 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 and then the guy went into detail about describing her as she was bent over and describing the tattoo on her back and all this, all the intricacies of the tattoo. And I stood up behind him and I go, oh, my God, that's my sister. And the guy just, his face dropped and he was all freaked out. And it was, it was really funny. And I, it, but, and I told him, no, it wasn't really my sister, but I do know the person. And this is actually outing them. You should, you should keep it down. And you should make sure that you don't share personal information outside of munches and scenes. And I think it's important that we all do that type of of policing of ourselves. You mm-hmm. know, we need to watch what we're saying when we're out in public, not just, you know, when we're hanging out with our friends, which that too, you know. And I see a lot of times people will post things on Facebook or on LJ or on Twitter um, about scenes that they've done or that they've witnessed Um and and a lot of a lot of newbies are are really needing you know they they need to be more careful. But I think that people who've been in the scene for you know four months, three months, six months, um, they start to hear over and over the the repetition of you know you can't out that person, mm-hmm. you can't say that online, you can't do that, you can't post that picture. You you have to have permission from the person that you're talking about. Um, so. I would say that, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all afraid of being outed in one way or another. Like, for instance, Barrick is completely out to family, coworkers, and everything. I, on the other hand, am not. Mm-hmm. So I'm very discreet about who is on my Facebook that's the real Facebook and who is, you know, and who can, you know, attach a, a link to a picture of me online because... You know, I don't want my parents you know, falling over into their freaking grave because of something they saw online about me. <laughs> you know, um, and so I, I, I guess I can understand where this person is coming from mm-hmm. because there is, it, it is kind of scary. Yeah, and uh, don't get me wrong. You know, just because I'm out at at work and at home and, and et cetera, et cetera, doesn't mean that I don't I don't appreciate uh, the the discretion required by some of the people I play with. I don't I don't like. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, so, so to speak, kiss and tell. Yes, you do. Well, only to you. That's but, true. Um, but I don't. But that's only on story night. That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing about being outed is it is it is scary because essentially kinksters, uh, there's no difference between kinksters and normal people other than they're kinky, and so when they don't want to show their kinkiness all they have to do is head back into the closet and and there's no way to tell that they were at an event they could they could come to the week, the weekend events you can come to cope or wicked or or princeton nights or whatever and and you go home and you're just you know soccer mom again or soccer dad again and it doesn't it doesn't impact your your lifestyle until somebody actually points the finger and says hey i saw you at a kink event so some of the things to 
keep in mind if you're concerned about outing is when you are when you see somebody who you saw at a party uh, in a in a vanilla setting, don't just run up to them and say, "Hey, man, I really I really loved watching you spank or flog or get spanked or flogged or you know I, I, what kind of collar were you wearing that night?" Or, right, because standing right behind them inevitably in the Krogers is their mother. Yep, <laughs> and mom. Either is kinky, or, and she goes, oh, son, I didn't know you'd be there. Or she freaks out and drops dead of a heart attack. And either way... Or, or their children are mm-hmm. right down the, the, the row, you mm-hmm. know, and they, you know, they have a right to not be outed to their children. Yep. And it's cool if you want to, if you're just walking by, you know, it's cool to nod. You know, because everybody nods to each other, and there's any number of reasons to nod. And if if they want to approach you, or if I mean, there will be some subtle form of communication that says they'll turn to you and say, "Hi, how you doing?" Nice, and it'll open up a conversation. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you can still be discreet. But outing is is a really is a really important thing to keep your awareness ar- around. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I had uh, I had. A, a while ago, a gentleman who is in the scene currently visit the hospital I work at. I work in a, a bu- very busy emergency room in, in, in Columbus. And um, he was sitting there and, and he called me over as he saw me walk by. He said, hey, Barrick, how you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And I was astounded, you know, because first off, I didn't think he was he was going to uh, call me over and, and start talking to me about about my stuff and I had to politely remind him look dude even though I'm out at work that doesn't mean I want to get into long conversations of where I was sticking my hands last night while I'm here the the other nurses I work with are not you know they're not kinky and they may not want to hear my my proclivities mm-hmm. and I keep it from them even though all of them know I'm kinky mm-hmm. you know and they may joke once in a while about tying a patient down or something like that but that doesn't mean they want to they want to be kinkified or they want to know all the details. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I would say is, yes, it's happened to all of us. And yes, it, unfortunately, it probably would continue to happen to us. Uh, the ramifications normally have been uh, from mild, mild, uh, um, like a mild stigma to, um, you know, an investigate like at work, I was uh, investigated for a few days uh, in the human resources department. And my boss called me in and said, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Just don't include the hospital. I said, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. And so it worked out. But it was still scary when it was happening. And, and I handled it calmly and smoothly and, and essentially with a, an attitude of there's nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. I don't bring this to work. I'm not interested in sharing it at work. And I'm also, uh, I'm also not interested in denying who I am as a person. But I'm also, it's not something that, that impacts my job because I don't flirt with the people I um, work with and I don't, I don't um, flirt with the people I, I serve as their nurse and so forth. So, so the ramifications were minimal for me. Mm-hmm. And, overall, and overall, I hope that answers your question. But if you run into somebody at a munch, it, like she said, it is mutually assured destruction. They're at the munch or the party, too. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they just wandered in to a random munch and went, oh, uh, kinky I think I'll people. hang out with these people right. just for a little while. <laughs> right. Or especially in an event. You know, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I just walked into the hotel wearing this latex cat suit. Right. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a kink event here. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you're if you were at, at at Cope, you know, I had one of the people I actually work with at the hospital come to Cope, and I, I had no idea who they were, and they they were running in the hallway, and they they ran up to me, and they and, you know weren't paying attention, ran right into me, and looked up at my face and said, "Oh my God." Um, uh, um, uh, uh, and started freaking out. And I was like, um, it's okay. I, I, I'm not going to say anything to anyone about this. And they go, are you sure? Are you sure? And I go, um, I'm the guy running the event. I think it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> so, so sometimes it's good to find a compatriot. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. All right, anyway. So, um, speaking of events, guess where we're going? <laughs> where are we going? We're going to San Francisco. Yay! Yay! I know what you want to do. Hang out with all the gay boys in leather? Why, yes. Yes, that's what I want to do. <laughs> yes, I know that, too. But I, I know that it has been your lifelong dream, because you love to watch TV, to ride the Rice-A-Roni. I am totally going to ride the San Francisco treat car. <laughs> And I want to go down that that road. Um, Is it Lafayette Street? I don't know. The The one that's really, yeah, that's really curvy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I've got things on my to-do list to check off while we're there. So we have to find time in between teaching classes at Folsom Fringe and Mm -hmm. then going to the street fair on Mm -hmm. Sunday to fulfill all these wonderful things that I need to do in San Francisco. (laughs) Yep. And, and don't get me wrong, this is the woman who is watching, you know, Housewives of New Jersey or, or Sex in the City or whatever. And she turns to me, she turns to me and calls me over, you know, because I'm obviously not watching that. And she calls me over and says, hey, see that? See, see what they're doing? They're eating cupcakes, cupcakes at this place. And we got to go there. And, it, you know, so anything she sees on TV that attracts her fancy, we end up there. <laughs> you know, the last, last time we were in New York, we ended up at this freaking cupcake place that was like a it half mile off. It Magnolia Cupcakes. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> cupcakes weren't that good. No, they weren't that good. <laughs> but they were very pretty. Yeah, they were very pretty. So if you ever happen to be out of town with Sheba, just know that you're going wherever she watched TV. <laughs> <laughs> if it's been on a movie, I need to go see it. <laughs> so, you know, Folsom Fringe has has a tremendous wealth of experience and so forth. And so let's get into the next question, which is... <laughs> what was that? Where did you uh, go where with that? that? Segue? I don't know. Well, that was the worst segue I've ever well, heard. <laughs> I remember, you know, I remember looking at some pictures from Folsom French and seeing um, some of Boss Bondage's work, and he did this kind of like, he did this, this uh, it was like a crab suspension type of thing on this, on the, you know, like maybe a, an ebby suspension off of a um, parking meter on the side of the road. And I thought, holy crap, that's edgy. You know, because, I mean, this person was tied around this thing and all gorked up. And Oh, and we saw that video, too, mm-hmm. of, um, of that one, the, the fish thing. Right, of the yeah, fish yeah, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that was pretty freaking edgy, too. That was pretty edgy. And so we, we keep, we, keep uh, we have people ask questions about, about edge play. And one of the questions was, uh, there's a newbie. New, and, and Mr. Newbie says... Mr. Newbie. Mr. Newbie says, I keep hearing the term edge play. What is it and how do I get into it? And well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Edge play 
edge play is essentially stepping. It's for for me. Edge play is um, not being able to go to my regular hair girl and having to go to like a Saturdays. That would be fucking edgy for me because <laughs> there's only so many people I trust with my hair. <laughs> and, and edge like it's true. I'm just you know. I believe you. I, I know you should believe me too. Edge play is different for each person. Everybody has um, a comfort level. And they, you know, they go in and they, they say, well, it's for me, uh, flogging is fine, but whipping is not. Whipping is, is, too, is too far you know, left of where I'm willing to go. Mm-hmm. And that's their edge. Or flogging is fine until you add in, I don't know, some metal Fire. spikes right. on the end. Or you know, pieces of glass woven into the mm-hmm. fabric of the flogger. And so everybody has different edges. And they're places that that fear has overcome their willingness to go there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's a hard limit. It just means that, that their fear of the thing has overcome their ability to consent or their willingness to consent right then at being there. And so as they're, as they're stepping over that boundary themselves, as they're saying, okay, or agreeing to it or whatever, or... Um, they're agreeing to place themselves into the hands of another person with either um, a, a, a knowledge of what they're going to do or where they're going with it so that they can push their own limits. Why are you staring at me? Because you're cute and you're making faces at me. <laughs> <laughs> and it, So edge play is different from each person. I, I've, I've, I, I enjoy playing on the edges with people but not in a dangerous way. I like playing edgy. I like playing with their edges. You know, I like discussing their boundaries and, and saying, are you willing to push that boundary a little bit? I, as a top, I like playing with my own edges, too. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Oh, yeah. totally. To find out just where I'm willing to go with another person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so edge play is, is a nebulous term. And it's defined by each person who steps there. Right. It's, you know, for some people, it's, you know, slinging blood off off the thorny roses as, as you're flogging somebody with rose stems, you know, or other people, it's, you know, playing with 110 volt electricity or other people, it's being naked in a dungeon. Right. It's it's getting fully naked. Yeah. Still other people, it's even coming to a munch. Yeah. So edge is defined by your own level of uh, willingness to step into the unknown. Mm-hmm. So what I would say is that's what it is. How do you get into it? That's pretty. That's 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 the harder question. No, I think it's a pretty easy question. It you is? just have to be willing to look into yourself and figure out where your edges are. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part of it. So it's an easy one to answer. It's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's correct. Because and and we've we've been in the scene for for a while now, and we still find edges all the time. Yep, yep. And it may be it may be watching a scene that that seems particularly edgy to you. We've just been told by the monitor that we are running long, and he's trying to be very discreet about it. But what he's trying to say is, "Shut the hell up! You're done here." <laughs> well, so. and 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 we got. We got that last question, then we'll cut it off. No, I think we should not even do that last question. You don't think I think so? no. We're just gonna cut it off. We're gonna stop the BS right now. You think so? Mm-hmm. No. Oh my god. I would have I know you would have. I would have really liked that. You would have really loved it. So let's cover what AIS is doing. No, oh, we're doing the motorcycle ride. 
August 13th, hey, tonight was the very first night that my doctor allowed me back on my own motorcycle under my own power because the squeaky toys are doing just fine. And they're hot. So I'm really looking forward to leading everyone on the second annual AIS motorcycle ride. Mm -hmm. You can find information on FetLife or on the AIS website about that. Mm -hmm. We also have a meet and greet that's coming up on the second Friday of the month. Um, the uh, one in August is going to be August the 12th, the night before the lifestyle ride. And it uh, should be probably, it will be, it might most definitely be, <laughs> could be, who knows. It might be at the eight ball again, um, unless their air conditioning is totally fried. Um, and then COPE, don't forget, September 9th and 10th. Um, if you don't already have your tickets, I, I have to inform you that we are sold out. However, you can get on the wait list um, and see if you can take a chance and maybe get the opportunity to join us. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we do tend to go through the wait list five at a time. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's what happens is we'll contact one person and they'll, and they'll say no. And then we go the next day and contact another and they'll say no. And finally, after the fifth, though. Oh, yes. So it goes a lot faster than people think. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a lot faster, mm-hmm. talk a lot faster. We have a promo. <laughs> there is more to hear on the Erotic Awakening Podcast Network. Each week, you can listen to the original Erotic Awakening Podcast with Dan and Don, who happen to be our monitors this evening. <laughs> it's an educational and entertaining exploration of all things erotic and Bonus, once monthly, you can catch a special episode of Erotic Awakening with uh, Lee Harrington. So, if you want to contact us, that's fairly easy. We're kind of all over the place. Yeah, can you tell? (laughs) (laughs) If you are on FetLife, you can uh, uh, please feel free to friend us. Um, The best way to do so is friending us individually. uh, Mine is B-A-R-A-K, Barrack. That's pronounced just for those of you who continue to call me Barack, it's. <laughs> Some like, of us have a presidential thing going on. I am. You, you I am. Just, yeah. I am not black. I am not that intelligent, and I am not that tall. I can close my eyes. True, but my <laughs> penis isn't that big. Anyway, <laughs> you make gnats look. <laughs> oh stop! Oh stop! But I'm hung like a I'm hung mm. like a mosquito. Like anyway. A mosquito. You can contact us on FetLife. Mine is B-A-R-A-K. And mine is Brat underscore Sheba. You can find uh, us on Twitter at Brat underscore Sheba or AIS underscore org. Uh, you could also email us at Barrick and Sheba at AOL, at Yahoo, at Hotmail, at Gmail. Um, or you can uh, catch us on our website um, at uh, panpolybdsm.com or adventuresinsexuality.org. Mm-hmm. So we want to say uh, thank you again for listening to another episode of BSing with Barrick and Sheba. We will be uh, back on the first Monday of next month, which uh, month month with the, which is September the fifth, right before Cope. Woohoo! Um, okay, so I'm done with the BS. Go ahead and turn it off. <laughs>